0: The reviews are in. It's the best thing I have ever tasted in my life. This is the best thing that's happened in my life. Even better than my wedding. That's what everyone has to say about Man Cave Light, the official beer of the Dan Casper Show and the Man Cave Podcast. Try it for yourself and you will know exactly why people say it's like sipping a little bit of heaven. Man Cave Light is available on tap at the bar in High V. You can also grab a crawler or six and take some Man Cave Light home with you. So go try your new favorite beer, Man Cave Light, today. And you will know exactly why one reviewer said, I cried." tears of joy every time I have one. Family-owned and operated, toyson Ford is proud to serve the drivers of the Chippewa Valley with some of the most popular vehicles around Wisconsin and the country. They're committed to giving drivers from across the area the best in customer service with a top-notch selection of brand-new vehicles to choose from, as well as an extensive inventory of pre-owned crossover SUV and trucks. Plus, with their expert finance, service, and parts centers in-house, they strive to be your one-stop dealership for all of your automotive needs. Visit them today at 1000 Chippewa Crossing Boulevard in Chippewa. Falls. Hello, friends. You've now entered the Man Cave Podcast. Unplugged and unfiltered. This is a podcast where the topics are mostly about sports, but sometimes we mix in some other items. Like, is Bigfoot real? Who is the best Batman? You're guided through each episode by a man who's the man for his time and place, Dan Casper. So, welcome to the Man Cave and stick around for a while. You're going to like it here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Podcast, brought to you by Toys and Ford and Hy-Vee, our good friends from Toys and Ford and Hy-Vee. I'm your host, Dan Casper, as always, for every single episode of the Man Cave Podcast. And if this is your first time listening to the Man Cave Podcast, hopefully we can keep you around. If you are a regular, well, welcome back. Reminder: if you are not subscribing or following the Man Cave Podcast, it's free. Again, I don't like to use the word subscribe. I know that's a technical term, but when I hear subscribe, I think of you got to pay. You don't. But if you're not subscribing or following the podcast on your favorite podcasting platforms like Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, Stitcher, Odyssey, we're all over the place. But give it a follow, give it a subscribe, and if you have the ability to give it a five-star and a positive review, would really appreciate that. That way other people can find the podcast too. So big thanks for that. But in this episode of the podcast, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Aaron Rodgers contract situation and a little bit of a deep dive into it because there's more layers to this. There's some interesting layers to this contract. One thing to pop up from this weekend, and, and really no big surprise here, but you know, it was it was Adam Schefter, ESPN's Adam Schefter, that's I knew it was probably going to happen. I think we all kind of knew that there was going to, you know, ever before games, before the weekend, before games. There's always these insiders have their reports or updates or inside info and and all that fun stuff, right? It always it always happens. Like uh, it's always amazed to me, like how some of these guys can maybe just sit on something and not get anxious and put it out there before maybe somebody else does. I don't know, and I know it's. Everybody was kind of having fun with it. Accumulation of information, if we got to bring that back from a couple years ago from Schefter and such. But what I thought was kind of an innocent sort of thing, comment, report, whatever you want to call it, where Schefter said that uh, both sides, Packers and and the Rodgers, both uh, know that there's a real possibility that there could be a trade this offseason if Aaron does decide that he wants to come back and i'm like oh okay whatever you yeah. sure then i was thinking about it a little bit more and i'm like okay but should not this conversation have shouldn't that have went away after the the contract extension like you know a 3 year deal i don't think any of a lot of whole lot of people expected it to be a full 3 year deal maybe just a couple of years in but shouldn't that have just avoided the whole speculation or talk about any type of trade a year after that deal? Shouldn't that have just gone away? I'm like, why are we doing this again? Like what? Besides the whole tearing it down and rebuild sort of thing, what else is there? There's got to be something else. So I started to kind of look at some numbers here in terms of, of Roger's contract and and I'll be honest, it, it kind of surprised me with some of these numbers. Because usually, when you get to contracts in the NFL, the big thing is there's always that dead cap hit, right? Or the cap hit per year. That's Who cares what a player's making in, in real cash, in real money? I don't give a rip about that. The only thing that we have to kind of pay attention to that involves the salary cap is the cap hits and the dead cap hit. So whatever the real money is, that's not what their cap hits are or what their dead cap hit is. The only thing I pay attention to or care about is how does it affect the salary cap. So, like I said, usually with these contracts, after a couple of years or a few years in, that that, that dead cap hit starts to go down a little bit. You know the cap hit may rise because teams will backload contracts and, and that sort of thing. So may have a higher cap hit in the beginning because usually, again, what what you'll see a lot for for some players is you know they'll get that signing bonus or or whatever have you it might be a big one. They get all that up front as soon as they sign that contract. That signing bonus, they all get it right there. They'll cut a check right there and they get it. And that's why you see base salaries really low in the first year. Because they get that huge signing bonus. But the thing is, with the signing bonus, for a cap hit, you have to divide it by the length of the contract. So, let's say easy math. Because me, math, (laughs) say somebody gets a $30 million signing bonus. Okay? Five years. 30 divided by five, six. You spread that $6 million cap hit just for that part could be more of a cap hit but just for that signing bonus part you spread that out through the length of the contract so even though the guy's going to get 30 million as soon as he signs that contract it's going to be a six million dollar cap hit throughout the length of that deal so but there's other factors into it too that's why sometimes you see a higher cap hit at the end of it but the dead money so to kind of paraphrase it dead money trying to make this easier or try to explain here a little bit so you know say somebody's got a guarantee that they're supposed to get 30 million dollars guaranteed on their contract okay but because you divide that through the length of the contract even though they may have that money it's all based off like okay money-wise did they actually did they get that 30 million so after year one they may have only at least based off salary caps i'm using air quotes here on the lines, it may show. Well, they, you know, they only got like eight million, even though that they got a thirty million dollar contract. But because of salary caps and how it's structured, well, they only got eight million. That's why you see dead caps so high in the early parts of contracts, and they go lower later on because you start to okay after year two they've earned, you know, twenty million dollars. Okay, we're not quite yet to thirty, right? That sort of thing. makes sense a little bit. Paraphrasing it, trying to dumb it down a little bit there. But what makes Aaron's contract a little bit more difficult, so you know, you're know you thinking, all right, after a couple years, got to be dead caps a little bit lower. Cap hit might be higher. Dead caps a little bit lower. Move on after a couple years. That's not really the case with Aaron's contract, which makes it very, very complicated and very difficult. And I was looking at it, and I was kind of going through some people, and there's people that are 50 times smarter than me on this, they noted a couple things. First, Tom Pelissero, NFL Network, and this was from a couple years. This was from last year when when Aaron first signed his contract. He had noted that after the twenty twenty three season, if the Packers decide to move on after the twenty twenty three season, so this upcoming season, or if Aaron Rodgers retires the packers would have to have a 68.21 million dollar dead cap hit on the books in 2024 as tom pelosarro noted the trade off for cap savings now is that huge dead cap hit on the books in 2024 68.21 now if you're on twitter Maybe you follow uh, an individual named Ken Engels, who is a certified public accountant, but you know he's he's a cap guy as well. If you want to follow like cap numbers and contracts, he's a he's an interesting person to follow. Breaks it all down. Somebody who obviously loves numbers and loves math. And he had just noted the other day, broke it down here. Dead cap hits if Aaron Rodgers is traded or retires. 2023, $40.31 million. Now remember, we have that post-June 1st thing, right? Where if it's post-June 1st, you can kind of split it up a little bit. You'll take some cap hit in the current year, and then the rest of the cap hit the following year. So if it were a, let's say Aaron retires or trade is traded this year. Post-June 1st, you'd have about a $15.83 million cap hit this year and a $24.48 million cap hit in 2024. Manageable. Aaron Rodgers' cap hit is manageable this year, even if he's playing or not, right? We talked about that the other day. It's like the 10th highest of all quarterbacks. Not bad. But here's the kicker. As he noted too, 2024. If Rodgers is traded or retires, $68.21 million. Like Tom Pelissero just said. All right, if you do the post, June 1st thing, 2024, $22.74 million cap hit. All right, not bad. But then in 2025, $45.47 million. All right, what about 2025? 2025 has got to be better, right? wrong 2025 let's say aaron plays in 23 and 24 and then he retires or is traded for some reason 2025 hit dead cap hit 76.8 million dollars 76.8 you can do the 38.4 host Jude first and then split it up at 38.4 38.4 those are dead cap hits if he is traded or retires dead cap not real cap dead cap where a lot of other contracts we see those dead cap hits get smaller the more years you get into a contract well starting 2024 Go up for Aaron Rodgers. Why? Why is that the case? It's all based off these how it's structured and the language. Now, Pro Football Network had a great article that was actually just written uh, about a week ago that kind of broke it down. And a lot of it is based off the language within this deal. And it's it's bonuses. So like it's really weird because it's like other years are tied to other years. Like for example. If the Packers were to pick up a twenty twenty three option, let's say on, on Aaron Rodgers, that would guarantee twenty twenty five. The options on there, the bonus is on there. So you pick up a twenty twenty three option, it guarantees a twenty twenty five bonus money. It's 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 worded like that. It's 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 very complicating, and and I don't know if we all anybody really knows besides maybe a select couple or a few that really actually know the full-on language of it but that's why you're seeing these these numbers getting higher throughout the the length of the contract now the other part in this too you do have to factor salary caps are going to go up unless we we run into another thing where we did last couple year or a couple years ago with the covid situation hopefully that doesn't happen that sort of thing but tv contracts are coming up which we know are going to skyrocket it's going to skyrocket the salary cap. Salary cap's going to go up. So, okay, you, you got that, right? But when you look at it, and that's where, you know, kind of going back to the whole trade thing, I'm like, why are we even talking about a trade after this After this, this, this contract? Like, I just, something wasn't, I'm just like, there's something, there's got to be something else besides the whole rebuild sort of thing. And then when you... When you break it down and you look at it, it's like, ooh. Trade it. Not not released. Green Bay can't release him this year because that would just... You're talking $99 million in dead cap. So anybody thinking we'll just cut him? that's, That's worse. You can't release the guy this year. Because then you're taking on $99 million in dead cap. But... You look at it's like, okay, he plays one more year, but then you decide to trade or he retires. It's a bigger cap hit and dead cap space than what it is this year. And it's like, oh do you maybe have to move on from Rodgers because the dead cap is gonna be lower this year compared to maybe a couple years from now on. And that's what's really really got me thinking i'm like maybe it is time it is the time now to actually move on from 12 when you look at the numbers that way and and the other thing in this whole thing too is okay you pick up the 5th year option on Jordan Love or you you plan on doing it that 5th year remember we all know this is guaranteed and it's going to be a big number that's why you know, there's a lot of the talk about Rashawn Gary's going to get an extension because that fifth-year option, it was picked up. It's a 10, million, $11 million of, of a cap hit. He signs an extension. He's going to get more money, but it lowers the cap hit. You pick up a fifth-year option for, for Jordan Love, that'll come on the, what, 2024 cap? So you're talking a double-digit, potentially cap hit there. We're close to it. Let's say about a little maybe, maybe a million under, million over. So you got a ten million dollar cap hit there, plus the huge cap hit of dead money on Rodgers. and then oh, yep. Then you're faced with the with the dilemma: Do you give Jordan Love an extension, even though you don't know how well he is or how good of a quarterback he's going to be? Because you know, I'm, I'm playing with this scenario: Aaron plays this year. You pick up the fifth year. You have to decide to pick up the fifth year option this year on on Jordan Love. Okay, Aaron plays this year. You pick up the fifth year option. Aaron is traded or retires. You've got that huge dead cap hit. You got a cap hit, a, a sizable cap hit on Jordan Love. Then you got to decide do you give him an extension or not to lower it? But that comes with risk because what if he's not the guy? And then you, you're stuck with that contract. It's a mess. It's a mess. And it keeps coming back to is this the perfect time to. Move on. To maybe try to avoid a bigger mess than what it would be. Maybe in like a 2024. And that's where I, I, I'm i kind of coming back to maybe that's why we're hearing a little bit more about this. Potential of a, a, a trade. Because it just didn't make sense to me. Like, you committed. Both sides. And now we're, we're back to this. And, you know, obviously the season did not go any I mean, it was a complete failure, and I think that's part of this whole conversation here too. And but, whew, there's so many layers to this. Like, I feel like if okay, Aaron decides to come back this year, I feel like then you have to trade Jordan Love. Like, I've I've kind of changed my thoughts on that now. I think you have to trade Jordan Love to potentially avoid. Another cap situation with Jordan Love with the with the fifth-year option and then deciding whether to give him a long-term deal and you maybe don't know what you actually have in him. I think Green Bay has an idea, but that's based all on practice. We haven't seen it in real games on a consistent basis. Okay, you, you trade Jordan Love, but then you have to go into the draft this year probably drafting a quarterback fairly high in the draft. I mean, there's so many layers to this thing. And then, okay, you trade Rodgers. But what are you going to get in return for 2023? I know a lot of people are expecting a first-round pick, but I think there's going to be a lot of conditions on that pick. You're not I, I I'd be shocked. Absolutely shocked if it was something similar to what the Lions got for Matthew Stafford. I just don't see that happening. One, you, you knew that Matthew Stafford was at least planning on, at that point, to play a few more years. Aaron, is it one year? Is it going to be two years? So I think it's probably going to be something similar to when Green Bay traded Favre if it was a conditional pick based off the success of that team. Off the top of my head, I, I think Green Bay got a third-rounder because the Jets missed the postseason, but if they made the postseason – um, you know, it was gonna turn into a first round pick or something like that. You know, it's the conditions based off of that. And maybe I don't know if they can actually do this, but maybe it's something like, you know, okay, if you whatever, let's say it's the Jets, because that's a popular one being thrown out there. Aaron gets straight to the Jets this year. Conditional pick. It's a third round, it's a second rounder with a condition of a first rounder if the Jets picked the postseason and then he plays a second year for the jets all right then they get another pick for that if he decides to come back i don't know if they can do it like that if he retires they don't get another pick i don't know if that language if they if they can put that in a contract or not i really don't know but you know i know i said the the other day that and and self this is me being selfish this is this is me being selfish as just if i was just a you know just just being a fan here Straight up Packers fan. Selfishly, I don't really want to kind of like want to see Aaron play anywhere else when retire because, you know, as, as a straight up fan, that's the end of a memorable era. An era that will be defined as they should have won more hardware. No doubt about it. They should have won more hardware. One Super Bowl? Can't have that happen. Is it all on Aaron? Absolutely not. But it was also a fantastic era to witness supreme quarterback play. If we're just talking about the the player itself on the field. So that's the selfish part of me. But the realistic side or maybe the business side of, of things at some point Green Bay is going to have to pay the piper and take the hit. They just have to. And at some point it's going to be time to move on and and stop holding on to the past and, and usher in that new era. And maybe if we look at it from terms of a business side of things, if these numbers are all accurate and, and the reports out there are all accurate, which you know I, I don't doubt the likes of a, a, a Tom Pellicero or even a Ken, but if those numbers are all accurate, it sure looks like this year might be the year to do it. Regardless, though, for me, it's always go, pack, go. It's team, buff, player. Got to do what's best for the team. So at this point, then, maybe that's the question. What's the best for this team? What is the best decision for this team? That's what we have to answer. That's what Green Bay, that's what Goody has to answer at this point. What is the best decision or best outcome for this franchise? Is it bringing back Aaron? Maybe trying to, quote, reload? Or is it taking the hit, seeing what they've got with, with Luff, giving him a shot in the regular season? I'm glad I'm not the one making that decision. I'll be honest with you. I'm glad it's not me. But it's, I don't know, like when you hear these numbers, does it change your thoughts at all? And and maybe for one for for the many of you out there that were ready to move on from from Rogers, maybe this solidifies it even more for you, and that's fine, and that's completely fine. But maybe for some of you that were maybe on the fence a little bit, like yeah, I'm nervous handing it over to the Love era, and, but when you look at the the numbers like this, and it's like, whew, all right, it might have to be time to cut that cord because my confession is I'm kind of leaning towards that. When I look at those dead cap hit numbers that they actually get higher the longer he sticks around and it's based off of this language about you know bonuses and and options picked up and when they when you know and the thing is with I you know when I was looking at it and reading about it the the 2023 options that or whatever it the one that's going to be that they have to pick up in 2023 that would affect 2025. They have all the way through trading camp in the week one to pick it up, it sounds like. But it's like an automatic one, sort of. It's complicating. I'm trying to do the best to, to, to kind of break it down to just generic stuff, but it's, it's complicating as all well. get out. But when I see these numbers and I see dead cap hits rising later on in the contract, and it's lower right now if they get out of it. On a business side, it's hard not to say, yeah, let's make that move. Again, selfishly as a fan, don't really want to see the end of an era. Maybe you don't want to see one of your best players of all time suited up in a different uniform. But business way, what's best for the team? It might have to be saying, see you at 12. Thanks for the memories. All right, does it change your thoughts? Does it change, maybe it solidifies it a little bit more? All right, one thing I forgot to mention with the whole breaking down this thing with Aaron. One thing that I kind of thought too and was, all right, could they do a Drew Brees thing? Let's say Aaron decides to retire. And if you remember, Drew Brees took a pay cut right before he retired signed a new deal took a pay cut he uh his but the but the thing that is a little bit different that I don't know if Green Bay is going to be able to do I don't think they're going to be able to but the one thing that was different between Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers contract Drew Brees had a bigger uh yearly payroll so like his base salary was bigger it was about twelve, fifteen, twenty, or it was about twenty some million dollars, somewhere around there. He had a high base salary. Aaron has more of the guaranteed bonuses, that sort of thing. So when Drew Brees took a pay cut or changed his his uh his uh his his contract right before he retired, they changed his base salary from like twenty four million dollars to like a million dollars. And they had like twenty some million dollars in cap relief. Well, Aaron already has a low base salary because of the guarantees, guaranteed money. So I don't think that they're going to be able to do that. I' Not 100% sure, but that's the difference between like an Aaron Rodgers contract and how a Drew Brees contract looks like. Drew Brees could take a pay cut because of the base salary thing. Aaron's already got a low base salary because of bonuses and such. It's a little bit different in that aspect, too. And I was one of those two that thought, okay, he could just do a Drew Brees one and, and release some cap space. May not be the case. So I don't know. Really interesting stuff. That's going to do it for this episode of the Man Cave podcast brought to you by Hi and Toys and Ford. Again, reminder, if you are not following or subscribing to the podcast, I would really appreciate if you could do that. That way you never miss another episode of the Man Cave podcast. And if you have that ability... To give it a good rating or give it a good review, five star rating and a positive review, so other people could find that podcast. Would really, really appreciate that. So, but I'm Dan Casper. Again, thanks for listening to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. And we've got new episodes that drop practically daily. So, again, never miss another episode of the Man Cave Podcast if you subscribe or follow the podcast. Have a good one. We'll talk to you again soon.